0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone.
1: You're in the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Andrew Mason, and thanks for joining me. Let's kick this off with a mile-high salute to the standouts who gave the Broncos their first AFC West road win since December 2015. Of course, I'm talking about the players who earned the game balls from Ring of Famer Steve Atwater, Ryan Edwards, and me on First and Ten at Ten Monday.
2: Let's give out some game balls, fellas. And naturally, we have to... I mean, look, we're just, as a group, we're starting with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. We're starting with an offensive line that was pulled together Frankenstein style. I mean, that that Franken, uh, there. there's no Frankenstein style, is what I'm trying to say. It was pulled together with mismatched parts and put together <laughs> in a road game against a division opponent where you hadn't had a Sunday victory since 2016 and you hadn't had a division road victory since 2015. My goodness, uh, to allow, as I'm looking at it right now, one, two, three pressures. (laughs) You allowed three recorded pressures Mm -hmm. as an offensive line. My goodness. Wow. Have
3: we done that good... At any point throughout the year, three pressures. Uh,
2: the 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 Arizona game would have to be the the next closest one. I think they did a little, they were just slightly better, but I mean, my goodness, that that's incredible as an offensive line. Yeah, Valdez allowed one, Turner allowed one, and Wilkinson allowed one.
1: On Pro Football Focus's rankings, four of the top six graded players on the Broncos offense were offensive linemen. Tremendous
2: tremendous hey that That, there's no there is no no way around that and honestly uh performance look garrett Bowles. i mean garrett Bowles in this game uh we we asked him we we needed him to take on a certain type of role and he did that he had he had a challenge all day look when they brought joey bosa back and he wasn't his full self he played a lot of snaps he played like 35 snaps in the game, it was a pretty high percentage, a lot more than I think we all anticipated. Uh, he he had a, he was great. Valdez was great. The blocking for the run, just again, tip of the cap. Game ball has to go to the offensive line. Yeah,
1: tremendous. Better than expected, and only one penalty. That was an ineligible man downfield on Jared Valdez. So key, no false start penalties, no holding penalties. Massive.
2: Massive. Okay. Yeah, against the
1: Cardinals, we gave up four pressures.
2: Four pressures. Oh,
1: jeez.
2: <laughs> <So>, no sacks <laughs> in that game. Right. But they gave up four pressures. No, we got we
3: gave
1: up on one sack.
2: One sack? Yep. Okay. So maybe this was the best performance so far. Dang.
1: Chargers have been, Chargers have been playing pretty good football. Today. I think given the overcoming adversity aspect for the offensive line and guys making their first regular season starts at three positions – I think you have to say this was the best that we've seen this.
2: Can we season. expect this going forward mm, to this level? No, but can you <laughs> can you may, are they further ahead than we were willing to give them credit for on a Friday oh, when yeah. we learned Max I mean, Garcia Torre's ACL? Absolutely. Um, I I have a much better feel about their potential against the Steelers now. I mean, yeah. how could you not?
3: And it didn't feel like they simplified the game plan. I, I would I would think coming out. Well, finding out that you know one of your starting offensive linemen is not going to play on a Friday, that you would have to simplify the play some, but it looked like they had the full full playbook open, man. And uh, man, they they executed well.
2: They did. All right, Mace, give another game ball out. Philip Lindsay. Oh, of course,
1: <laughs> have to go there.
2: Has to go there. I like think he's I was... leading our poll too. By the way, yes.
1: Uh, the wisdom of crowds today. Yes. <laughs> I like to say feed Phil, P-H-E-E-D, Phil. Hashtag on that one. Let's get that going. 106 yards from scrimmage on 15 touches, 79 on 11 carries, 27 on four receptions. So he averaged a robust 7.1 yards per touch. Of course, 41-yard touchdown run in the second quarter. Great job taking advantage of a hole created by the offensive line, which, by the way, The line was magnificent Mm -hmm. on that play. So give them due credit as well. A touchdown out of the Wildcat later on in the game. And when the Broncos offense was struggling to get anything going, the one guy they could count on to get them going, number 30, Phillip Lindsey, just like he gave a mile-high salute to the fans in the south end zone at StubHub Center, we'll give him a mile-high salute and a game ball outstanding work as i've said where would this team be without philip Lindsay? actually i'll quote mike shanahan i remember back in 2002 in training camp a reporter for some reason was doing a story on fred fleming longtime bronco employee and said where would this team be without fred fleming and mike shanahan kind of jokingly said i don't know probably in the tank well (laughs) i would say this for real if the Broncos didn't have Phil Lindsay, they'd be in the tank.
2: Highest graded player on Pro Football Focus for the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, man, you're right. He was a spark. He was consistent. He's been both of those roles for the Broncos at times. I mean, you think about that Raiders game earlier in this year, earlier this year, where he he ripped off that 50-plus yes. yard run off the right side, yeah. and the Broncos were stagnant. They, they could do nothing on offense. That play. Was a bit of the spark that that led them eventually to winning that game.
1: Here's a guess: one of the most popular Christmas gifts in Colorado next month will be a number thirty Philip Lindsay jersey. Ooh, jersey! I like it. Think they're having bobbleheads?
2: They should. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely <laughs> With should. With the hair, man! I mean, his <laughs> oh, hair—he's
1: meant for a bobblehead. This has to happen. Come yeah. on, Forever Collectibles, get on it.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: All right, Steve, give us a game ball. Oh, man. Hey, against
3: the Houston Texans, this guy came out in a tough situation. He missed the field goal at the end of the half. It was a super long field goal. And then at the end of the game, he had a chance to win it. And a lot of people say the coaches should have gotten him closer. I don't agree with that. I think in that situation, he's got to make that kick. He came out and did exactly that. Not only did he make the kick one time, but they called timeout, and he made it again right down the middle. Brandon McManus came through in the clutch, and that's what the Broncos need if they're going to make a run. we got to have consistent kicking from Brandon McManus. He did just that. He has my game ball for this week. Great job, Brandon.
2: I love that. I love that. I want to give one. To Von Miller. Now, the thing is with Von Miller, you, you almost, because of his ability, can feel like at times maybe he deserves a game ball brace pretty much every game. Because he impacts the game almost at every single turn, mm-hmm. he has some way to impact the game. Uh, he's he's obviously on pace to, to have a tremendous year in sacks. Opposite Bradley Chubb, who's also uh, on pace. By the way, Bradley Chubb, kind of a bummer. One of them ended up being a tackle for loss and not a sack. So he's at 9 right now instead of 10 but I digress. Still on a sack-a-game pace. That's right. But at a moment, we're close to it. When the game was no doubt in the balance, they were going to lose this game. They 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 were headed towards what we all anticipated would be another gut-wrenching loss at moments where they had the game, they they had the lead. Maybe they made a mistake on the 4th and 1, but they had had the punt, the punt uh, fake conversion they had so many moments where they, they could have taken control and they didn't. It felt like another Broncos loss. Von Miller had that interception. And not only did he the interception, he secured the ball as he's running down the field. Yep. Heads-up play in that moment. How many times is a defensive player, especially a D-line or outside linebacker, were you in picture in your mind, I'm gonna get a pick six here. I'm, I'm going, I'm scoring. And you're thinking about this in the wrong context. You need to be thinking about securing the ball, getting it back to your offense. That's what he did. They they backed him up, complimentary football, and scored a touchdown. So, hey, Von Miller, who also contributed a sack in this game, that 42-yard interception return was a monster. And the Broncos desperately needed part of big three time sacks players. on the day.
3: Big-time players make big-time big time plays in big-time games. That yep. was a big-time play. We needed this game. You know, if we don't win this game... You know, I think a lot of people are saying it's going to be very difficult to beat to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. But we, I think we need to win at least six out of these last seven, and heck of a start with this game, this big game. And again, Von Miller stepped up again, man. Good hands, showed the speed. I think he could have turned it on a little
4: more. I think, he could, <laughs> I, think he, I think he
3: could have pulled away from the receiver. If he'd had, I, I think if he would have hit, had the ball, maybe in his left hand, yeah, maybe he could have pulled away from the receiver. He maybe. was he was kind of
2: bumbling know, around. Yeah. But at least he secured it. And oh he yeah, didn't he fumble secured it. it, man. Back yeah. to the Chargers, which would have been
1: another turning point. Base, you like that one though, Von Miller? I'm in favor of that. Yeah, I'm always pro. Huge, Von huge turning point in the when game when he has games like that. Tremendous, and he's still on that sack of game pace, on pace for 16 sacks this year, which would uh, be right up there. Uh, just a little bit behind 2012, but this is looking like one of the best seasons of Von Miller's career. Mm. Certainly helps having Bradley Chubb there. Yeah, Don't no doubt. No. Go ahead, Colby Wade. I was about oh, to Andy Janovich.
2: I'm so glad. I'm going to give that. them
1: both game balls together because of their work on the fake punt. This look, this was a game of turning points. Von Miller's interception was a turning point, point. positive for the Broncos. In the second quarter, going for it on fourth and one, a negative turning point started the Chargers on a 13-0 run. But before that, the Broncos had the turning point moment. They're down 6-0. The Chargers have had two long drives that they've short-circuited of their own volition with penalties. But they're moving the ball, they're controlling the pace, and so the time came. The Broncos needed a spark. And so they turned to a play they'd worked on in practice. Colby Wadman talked about how they'd practiced the fake punt, passing to Andy Janovic. He doesn't have quarterback in his background, except at recess, as he said. He was a defensive lineman and tight end in high school, in addition to a, being a punter. He pulled off a fake punt when he was a junior in high school, worked on it in practice. Broncos turned to it when they needed a spark, could not have been done any better. Finds Andy Janovic in the open field, of course. We love Jano. I've got to tip the cap to Jano as well. For what he did in the run blocking, helped spring Philip Lindsay for some of his runs. Outstanding work. A nice block sealing of the right side, giving Philip Lindsay a little bit more space to work with on the Wildcat play and make sure the touchdown was possible. Just a very good game for Janvich all around. And for Colby Wadman, the one punt he wanted back was obviously the one that went for a touchback. Yes. But he kept Travis Benjamin out of the game we know what he benjamin did. can do and he did it to the broncos last year for punt return for a touchdown benjamin's only punt return was for just two yards colby wadman another good precision game for him but the fake punt the big moment give him and andy janovich a game ball
2: i'm so glad you brought that up yeah, yeah I average average 44.8 had a 52 yard punt yesterday but look at the previous two games, 59, 59. He's as getting is long. better he's every there, week. Man. Yeah, yeah, he's consistent. getting more consistent. Two inside the 20, which was obviously a, a big deal for the Broncos. You're right. That one, that the 45-yarder that ended up going into the end zone, that's one you'd like to have back. But the big point is he didn't allow, as Riley Dixon did, mm-hmm. a punt to come straight back at him and uh, flip the field in special teams. He didn't allow that. We were texting during the game saying, you know what, with the uh, the fake punt as well as with his, his play. He's kind of trending towards a,
1: a game ball, isn't he? He looks like a keeper oh, and yeah. certainly he earned the game ball way to go, Colby.
2: Okay. Want to give a couple more game balls out. I'm really glad you wouldn't mention Colby Wadman because that was uh dude. He, you know, again, you know, you're talking, you're talking about how the plan to have Marquette King be the guy you're paying him a ton of money to be the guy. You've got to go basically out to a guy. Remember we, we talked to Colby Wadman right when he got to the team and how he was applying for jobs what was he go, what was he going for he was trying to get into uh
1: it was an assistant some kind of medical assistant yeah medical assistant or something a, like that like an office assistant that sort of thing wow. and he was applying for jobs he delivered pizzas yeah
2: the day that he got that he was he I was like literally that, on his path to apply for some more jobs living with his parents yeah
1: and his parents were there yesterday <laughs>
2: so cool he had oh, family man.
1: down from Thousand Oaks and uh, you know of course uh, that's near you know where the fires are but uh well, they were okay when we asked them about him last week. And mm-hmm. they came down for the game, and I'm sure they were over the moon watching Colby Wadman complete that pass on the fake punt. What what fun that was. <laughs> so cool.
2: So cool. All right, Steve, got another game ball you want to give? Absolutely. Courtland
3: Sutton. Okay. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. one. Three receptions, 78. That's 26 yards per reception. Mm-hmm. He had a 39-yard reception uh, in the for- Well, first quarter. He had a nine-yard reception. Started the fourth quarter, first play of the fourth quarter, 39-yard reception. And then there at the end, a 30-yard reception, of course, to get us in the field goal range there. Uh, you know, he had a couple other ones at the first play of the game. the case Keenum threw the ball a little bit high for him, wasn't able to come down with it. And, a couple other ones that were just out of his grasp but uh, i thought he played a heck of a game showed showed that passion uh showed why you know he's he's one of the guys for the future for this uh, football team at the receiver position
2: no doubt huge plays down the stretch both him and emmanuel sanders yeah yeah very clutch not a ton of targets for either guy i mean both guys had six targets on the day it, it, it was tough. It was tough sledding uh, out there for, for the offense in general, but especially the passing game. They really had a tough time getting on track. We mentioned it. Case Keenum had 59 yards passing in through the first three quarters, and it wasn't until the fourth quarter where the offense really kind of came alive and were able to put to – but, again, you see them in pace. You know, when, when Case Keenum, they, they run a little bit of oh, hurry yeah. up, a yeah. little bit of up-tempo. They tend to function a little bit better. It's not always the, the case. And that I understand there are times where it's not warranted but there at the end, man, you does, just, they do
3: look better. It look, it look like the, everybody's more in sync. It's like everybody's honed in, dialed in when they do that hurry up. Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I want to see more of it except for when it doesn't work and then the defense <laughs> is put back out there yeah. on the field quickly. But still, we can try it some. We, we, we can see what it's like and see if we can get a drive going with it. We don't have to do it all the time, but definitely want to see it more than just in the fourth quarter.
2: What's important for the Broncos, really, is that they're not going to probably, and I, I mean this with a certain amount of confidence, they're not going to have a game where they do it all right, where where everything works. So you're going to have games where the passing game is working. You're going to have games where the running game is working. Right. And sometimes, rarely, you'll we'll have both. But I don't think that's going to be the case the remainder of the season. Same thing on the defensive side of the ball. There's going to be games where you're stopping the run effectively, but they're gashing you in the pass like they did against the Chargers. 400 yards passing. You don't want to mm. give up 400 yards passing to anybody. But the notion here, Mace, and we saw this in relation to Demaryius Thomas earlier in the year, when his when his targets started going down, what he did with them is what was important. Right. And so that's the point here for me. Cortland Sutton, and Emmanuel Sanders, look, Emmanuel Sanders shouldn't be targeted less than, I mean, six times a game. He should be targeted eight to ten times a game. You want him involved. Ideally. Ideally, but in some games, it's just not going to work out like that. And okay. and you're going to have to make the most of your targets. And he did. Yeah, he
3: did that. He did that. And Emmanuel had a good game, too. Uh, you know, he, he was playing hard. He came up, uh, caught that one pass kind of in the flat and... Derwin James came up. I don't. Know, it looked like he hurt his arm or
2: something. Yeah.
3: Um. But he. Hey, I thought he was going to be out for a while. He was. Man, right back in the
2: game. Tough. Man. Tough guy.
3: Man, he sounds tough, boy.
2: Yeah. He's taking some shots. Come right back into the game. Uh, he wants it. He wants. He wants to win with this team. A soldier, man. Yeah. No. No doubt about it. I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, the defensive side of the ball, man. There were some players on the defensive side of the ball. I think not we got to take.
3: I'm not going to get all the meat off the yeah. bones, man. I got to save a little <laughs> bit for you guys.
1: Go ahead, Who were you thinking? Did you have one? Well, Todd Davis was the highest graded. Okay, then you go with Todd. I have one. Okay, well, Todd Davis was the highest
2: graded guy for the Broncos on the, the roster. Again, remember we got done talking about Todd Davis. He, we mentioned him multiple times in these game ball segments. Uh, he came up with uh, five total tackles, three solo, two pass defense, and one quarterback hit on the game. Look, he, he is... Uh, He's taken to another level this year. <laughs> Brandon, saying, Brandon Marshall's been in and out of the lineup. He's been banged up. Todd Davis has, on the season, continued to get better. And again, we talk about what. where's this team without Philip Lindsey. I'm kind of in the same conversation with about Todd Davis. I think Todd Davis has been that good, especially in the run in the last few weeks.
1: He's been tremendous also having another big game against the run. Brad Chubb. <laughs> it's a monster, dude. Two it's, tackles it's, it's, for losses. A sack. One of the tackles for losses, people thought, "Oh, it might be a sack." No, no, no. That play uh, near the end, Philip Rivers with a four-yard loss. It wasn't clearly established as a pass play, so that's going to be a TFL, not a sack. But still, nine sacks on the season for Bradley Chubb. Outstanding plays against the run throughout the game. He doesn't get blown, he doesn't get blown off the line of scrimmage. He's stout at the point of attack. He just love what he's doing. Bradley Chubb, game ball. Yep. Well done. We'll go back to the first game ball for our conversation today as Justin Adams and Brandon Cristal talked with Billy Turner. You'll recall, of course, that Turner started for Jared Valdir at right tackle earlier this season. Sunday, he worked at left guard in the wake of Max Garcia's torn ACL, and he acquitted himself well. Hey, let's uh, head to the
0: locker room, though. Let's do it. Talk to a guy that, I wonder if he's a, does he consider himself a tackle playing guard? Or is he a lineman? He obviously started a bunch of games at guard in the NFL. He was a tight end going into college. Billy Turner joins us. Hey, Billy, it's BK and Justin. Uh, Yesterday you guys had four tackles starting on the O-line, or you just consider yourself a lineman or a tight end that plays on the line. Um,
4: I mean, to be honest with you, I played every position except for center in the NFL. So, so far, you know, I've, yeah, so far, exactly. (laughs) I've been, uh, I've been thrown into situations where I found out the, you know, the day of the game showing up to the stadium that I'm going to have to start at left tackle, you know, so, you know, I've been through a a lot of different things. So uh, being, being thrown at guard wasn't something, you know, new for me. And I just kind of had to rely on, on my uh, my past uh, the work that I've done at that position.
5: Well, how was it this week on Thursday? Um, you saw the injury go down with Max Garcia, where you found out that you will be the guy who was starting at left guard. Like, how was that, um, knowing on Friday?
4: Yeah, so I found out Friday. But, uh, you know, I mean, to be completely honest with you, I was – I was more so thinking about Max in that situation. Max is a good friend of mine and you know, he he's one of the happiest, most positive guys in this locker room and one of the happiest, most positive guys that I've, you know, met. Um so, you know, I was more concerned about him and, you know, trying to talk to him to keep him in good spirits, you know, knowing he was having a a season-ending injury where he's going to have to go into surgery and whatnot. I was I was more so worried about him than I was myself just because I have been in that situation before.
0: Billy Turner joining us, and I'll be honest, when Matt Paradis goes down a couple weeks ago against the Texans, I thought for sure Connor would slide to center, but I was expecting to see you at right guard. Did you know if something like that was going to go down, that Elijah would get the uh, first opportunity to go in at guard ahead of you, or was that a bit of a surprise to you on the sideline?
4: Yeah, I mean, in that situation, yeah, we, uh, we had communicated that, you know before every game that we go into our coaches do a good job of letting us know if someone goes down you know what the the plan is going to be in in that situation so we knew that eli was going to go in there and you know what up until that point i had been just working you know more tackle and you know when jared went down earlier this year i was playing right tackle you know so eli was the guy that was you know working at both guard spots and both tackle spots so he had you know a little more work under his belt at guard in that situation so he was
5: the guy You know, I'm looking at the time of possession, by the way, when we go to this football game. And Chargers had the ball for 37 minutes and 49 seconds. You had the ball for 22 minutes and 11 seconds, only nine possessions in the whole football game. Has there ever been a game that you ever played where you didn't have, well, you only had the ball for only like 22 minutes or something like that before and one, Um.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? We, we talked about that in our team meeting today. Coach Joseph made a great point where we have, you know, outgained our opponents by, you know, a couple hundred yards and lost the game, you know, and that's the same situation that, you know, came into play right there for the chargers the other day it doesn't necessarily matter how many yards you get or the time of possession It just it just matters how efficient your possessions are and in our case you know we had just enough possessions and scored just enough points and we were able to you know go down the field from the
5: eight yard line with a minute and a half left and you know get in field goal range so, what was the biggest change? Obviously, for three quarters of the game, you know, things weren't going well too much on offense, and then things just took off in the fourth quarter. Strati- uh, st- uh, strategi- strategically, I can say that word. What was the change in the fourth quarter?
4: Um, you know what? We just kind of stuck with what we had planned on doing we we stuck with running the football and you know i think as an offensive lineman that's something that you look forward to is you know even if you are down by a touchdown or two possessions and you're in the fourth quarter it doesn't matter if you're a running football team and you're able to get a couple possessions and you can run the ball and gain yardage efficiently you know i think philip had like damn near seven and a half yards a carry so when you're that efficient with running the football you know you're able to open up lanes with play action and things of that nature and you never really you know think badly just because you know you're able to move the ball
0: no matter what billy turner final thing we have for you vance joseph gives the o-line the game ball how good did that feel to keep case clean no sacks especially with all the shuffling that's gone down because of, of injuries to your teammates Um, you
4: know what? No one like kinda like I touched on before, no one hesitated when we found out that, you know, Paradis was down, when we found out Ron Leary was down, or when, you know, um when Jared was down early this year, and then when we found out that Max was gonna be down. We've all prepared to play different positions and and we know that over the course of NFL football seasons things like this happen so we were definitely prepared for it you know obviously you don't like to see a teammate get hurt or anything like that but you know we did the best with what we had and we definitely have things that we can improve on and you know that's a good sign going into this next week.
5: Well Billy congratulations on the victory against the Chargers and hey best of luck going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers before we let you go we did say we're going to let you go just quickly uh, Thanksgiving what are you going to have for uh, on that Thanksgiving
0: table? I recommend turkey (laughs)
4: yeah, I'll definitely have some turkey, probably some ham. Uh, My favorite is sweet potato pie. So I got my family coming in town on
5: Wednesday for Thanksgiving, so I'm looking forward to that. That would be awesome. Well, hey, enjoy Thanksgiving. And also, uh, best of luck going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Billy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sounds good. Appreciate
1: it. That's all for today. Enjoy your Tuesday, and we'll talk to you next time in the Broncos Audio Zone. Until then, bye-bye.